0: You have a Bible or a device with a Bible on it, get off Instagram and turn to your Bible app. And we're going to start in, in Philippians. We've, we're doing a, a term one series on Philippians. And so, starting in Philippians 1, I'm just going to read and we're going to read down to it, verse 11. From Paul and Timothy, slaves of King Jesus, to all God's holy ones. In King Jesus, who are in Philippi, together with the overseers and ministers, grace to you and peace from God our Father and King, and King Jesus the Lord. I thank my God every time I think of you. I always pray with joy whenever I pray for you, for you all, because of your partnership in the gospel from the very first day until now. Of this I am confident, the one who began a good work in you will thoroughly complete it by the day of King Jesus. It is right for me to think this way about you. You have, you have me in your hearts here, here in prison as I am, working to defend and bolster the gospel. You are my partners in grace, all of you yes god can bear witness how much i am longing for all of you with deep love and affection uh, and the, with the deep love and affection of king jesus and this is what i'm praying that your love may overflow still more and more in knowledge and in all astute wisdom then you will be able to tell the difference between good and evil and be sincere and faultless in the day until the day of the Messiah. Filled to overflowing with the fruit of right living, fruit that comes through King Jesus, to God's glory and praise. So a bit of of a disclaimer I'm gonna start this morning with is there is there is literally so much in these first 11 verses, that we could do that for for term one. And so my disclaimer is, for, for everything I say, there's probably 10 times more that could be said. I love that analogy about Scripture in that it is like a pool that is shallow enough for the smallest child to play in and deep enough for an elephant to drown. Think about that for a little bit. But so it is with, with this first 11 verses, and will be throughout the entire series. I'll, I'll speak that disclaimer for everyone who's part of the series coming up. There's, there is just so much that we could look at. And that's kind of where, where, I, for me personally, I rely very much on the Holy Spirit to say, okay, so what one thing? Because I don't think everyone, anyone's going to stand for a two-hour sermon, me being the first of all. First, so what is it, God, of this for here, for now? Would can we bring out? You know, all of it's great, but what? What is it? And so, sort of, we'll, we'll move on from there. But one thing I would encourage you to do is that whole idea of going deeper. is. It is Philippians is an incredible book of the Bible, and it's one of those ones that um, if you would like to in your own time, I would so encourage you to get a group of people um, together and start going through it together. Start going deeper. You know, we're, gonna, we're probably only going to be in the shallow end of the pool just because we're in, we've got 20 minutes and, and that's that. And so there's only so deep you, you can go in that period. But, but oh my goodness, the treasure that you can find. Um, and, and doing so in a group of people where you can share your opinions share your views. It is, there is so much more to get out of it than, than what this context. Or you've got one talking head at the front and everyone looking out. You know, there's, so if I could encourage you, find some people. It would be even better if you find some people that you don't agree with most of the time. What a Bible study that would be. It would be incredible. Um, but, but definitely, would be, you'll get so much more out of it. And so there, there we go. So Philippians 1, you know, one of the things that we can look at or be kind of, somewhat confused with, or, or maybe read through really quickly, is that this is just a greeting, it's just a welcome. And in on one level, it is a greeting and it is a welcome, but again, there is so much more to this than, than meets the eye. Paul is using what is a very ancient way, an uh, ancient form of letter writing um, to, to sort of greet the people that you're, you're, um, you're writing the letter to. But, but Paul does what he does so brilliantly, and he takes what's there and present, and he just takes it to a whole nother level, brings, brings God's spirit, God's life, the Holy Spirit into it. And this is what he does in, in this greeting. So, Paul, one of, one of these, are, I'm just going to list a couple of other things that you can go deeper in on your own or with another group or on your own time. But, but Paul's choice of words to say, I, Paul, and Timothy, um, to call himself a slave of King Jesus is an extraordinary choice of words. I can see you're all profoundly impacted by it. But in a first century context No one in their, in their right mind Would choose to identify themselves As a slave So what does it mean that Paul Is choosing To identify himself as a slave To Jesus What does it say about him But more importantly and more profoundly What does it say about Jesus But we're not going to talk about that this morning The The End of or right the way through where he says grace and peace and many of you if you're familiar with Paul's writings who's who's extensively a major author through the New Testament that that kind of is in almost all of his greetings grace and peace to be be to you and in the same way we can mistakenly just cons, sort of interpret that as being just a platitude like um, I, I noticed you know because i you know you're writing this stuff you I noticed this week someone said to me, um, how are you, good? And we can often think of, um, so as a question asked and answered, there would have been nothing more inappropriate for me to do than to actually answer that person and answer the question how I actually am doing at that moment. Do you know what I mean? Like they would have been not prepared for it. Not that it was terrible or anything, but, but they weren't asking me how I was to the point of they were answering it, is the question as well. And we can somehow, sometimes, interpret, you know, grace and peace to you as being something like that. How are you good? Great. (laughs) As they walk past, you know. But um, Angela was sharing with me this week. Again, it's a, another little plug. Is um, She probably, a lot more diligently than I am, um, has been listening to the, the app Lectio 365. So it's a daily devotion. Um, Pete Gregg and the 24-7 prayer people put out, I cannot recommend it more. What an incredible way to start the day or end the day or in the middle of the day. These are really short Um, devotionals and they're just they're just so brilliant and the day that I was writing this Angela was just and I was just sharing a little bit about it and and there is so go go on the app and listen to February 5th um, has got this whole a great pulling apart of what Paul was meaning when he says grace and peace to you so profound but we're not going to talk about that this morning it's called Lectio, so L E C T I O 365. So it's an app you can get on your phone. Brilliant, brilliant stuff. You know, and so we can we can know and we can read Philippians, we can read this and and be aware that yes, Paul is writing to the church In Philippi, but we can have the encouragement to know that I believe that as Paul was writing it, he's knowing that he's writing, he's going to be, it's going to go out further than just that church. That we can read and we can take this term and dig into Philippians and know that it is written for us as well. That the encouragements that Paul gives to the, his good friends in Philippi can be our encouragement. The same love and affection that Paul had for that church, we can receive for ourselves. We can know that as well. That we can, as followers of Jesus, persevere. That we can find out actually what it means to be called and to label ourselves, over 2,000 years later, slaves to Jesus and what that means. You know, otherwise, we're just reading someone else's mail. Some of you are like, I see no problem with that. <laughs> you know, there's there's also something in this sort of introduction and kind of greeting that that I'm sure as we go through the series, but it, it it can't, I can't go any further without mentioning it, is, the, is this theme of joy that runs all the way through this letter. There is so much about joy. There is so much in Paul, his joy when he thinks about them, but also, more ironically or more that kind of challenges us, the joy that Paul has in the midst of imprisonment in the midst of hard times. And again, someone else I'm sure in this series will do an incredible job of of sort of taking 20 minutes to somehow provoke us into knowing more of that joy that Paul is talking about, to dig into it, to how we can have that kind of joy today in the midst of our hard times, in the midst of the world that we find ourselves in. But again... That's not what we're going to talk about this morning. You know, the hardest thing about sermon preparation in this Philippians series is what not to say. And so this morning, I, you know, and sort of and going through and looking at it and, and reading through a couple of great commentaries that I've got and were given, I, I just was like, so God, so what, what is it? What is it in, in our time together? Can we pull out the one thing? And then I was sort of looking at my calendar and thought, oh, it's Waitangi weekend. You know, the, one of the troubles with this job is there's no such thing as long weekends. So I was like, oh, it is Waitangi weekend. I didn't realize that. Um, and then just sort of got to thinking about it. And I was watching a news clip about, the, um, about some of the proceedings that were going on. And, and someone said something in, in this news clip about the partnership of, of Waitangi. And I thought, that's what I'm going to lean into. That's what that I want to share with us this morning, is Paul talks about our partnership. And you know, just like we as a country are a country who, who are at, our, at our very foundations, we are a partnership. We are a partnership and we have a treaty between two parties. And, and in, that, in that long history of our partnership, there have been many promises made and more that have been broken. And it has been hard at times and it has been ugly at times and there has been great injustice and there has been, been incredible um, offers of apology and, and yet our partnership continues. And there's something really beautiful and hopeful, particularly about this year. The little bits that I've seen is it feels like our partnership is, is kind of in, in a better season than it has been for a really long time. And that's beautiful and it's good and I'm really personally very excited about it. And so, so let's go back to read um, verses 3 to 6 in Philippians where where Paul says I thank God every time I think of you I always pray with joy joy whenever I pray for you all because of your partnership because of your partnership in the gospel from the very first time until now and all and of this I am confident that the one who began a good work in you will thoroughly complete it by the day of King Jesus. The thing about Philippians is, is once we go through it, you'll see there are lines like this verse six, which are kind of like fridge magnet. Um, if you're older, it'll be fridge magnet um, scriptures, but, but in a modern day context, they're the Instagram post of, of, of scripture, eh? you know Anyone you know, seen it? Anyone heard it? You know, he who began a good work in you will be faithful to complete it. What, what do we? What do we? Now, this is your interaction. What do we? How do we perceive and interpret what Paul is meaning when he says that? He who began a good work in you will be faithful to complete it, to finish it. What does that mean for us today in our Western interpretation, our Western perspective? Yep. Yeah? Great. Doesn't give up on our side. Yeah. And there you go. Oh, I love your modern interpretation. Well done. But it often is about a sort of like you know, God's God's on our side, sort of, so to speak. And you know, it's never over till it's it's never over till it's over. He's gonna sort of um I know for me, I've interpreted it as, you know, God's, God's maybe a bit like Sheldon, God's behind my plans. He's going to make them work. No one else feel that way? Come on, you know, throw myself under the bus. But, but really, what what I wanted to just really briefly pull out is there's something incredible about that particular verse. That the the words that Paul chooses to use, particularly for that word beginning or begun, so the work that he's begun and the work that he and the finishing of that. Both of those, incredibly difficult to translate, but they are directly linked to have a practical link or a technical link to a ritual sacrifice. So, what, so let's read that again. So the God who began you know sacri- to sacrifice you will be faithful and just to complete the sacrifice of you until the day of Christ Jesus. See, you knew it, God, was out to kill you all along. I knew it. You know, and for some of us, we love to have that picture of an angry God who's out to get us, you know, like something really, un, you know, but, but that isn't what he's saying. And I thought, I was thinking about it before and what if, what if that means something like that? And I'll use myself as the example. Lyndon, the same God who sees your insecurities and how they influence you and how they, how they cause you not to see others the way they really are, the same God who sees all of that will be faithful and just to make sure that will be killed within you and you will know who you are and you'll be able to see other people as you see them and you'll be able to be free from that insecurity. Sounds pretty good, eh? Very good, exactly. You know, isn't that the business of the gospel? Isn't that, isn't that the work Of the gospel. I said last week, Paul's word for partnership is, um, I'm going to forget it now, kononia, which is a Greek word that has direct and very practical outworking in business. We are being called, we are being invited into the business partnership of the gospel. You know, a couple of weeks ago, Angela and I were in. Ariwa, and we went to a restaurant, and you knew you sort of sit down, and, and his tables were pretty close to, to one another, and we sat down, and then I don't know which one of us came more aware of it or not, but we, we were sat down at the table, and we were front and center, front row seats, to a dramatic relationship breakup. It was the most incredible lunch I've ever had. <laughs> It was amazing. Angela and I didn't say a word to one another. We like hurried the waitress away when she was bothering us with our order. It was like we are fully in <laughs> eavesdropping on this, on this. And it was a. I thought, oh, what is it? Because it, it, was, it was two women. And I thought, oh, is it a relationship breakup? What is it? It was a business breakup. And then, so what, they were partners in business, and one was breaking it off with the other. And so we—we, we, I don't think we spoke the entire lunch, Angela and I, and our food was cold because even in chewing, you missed out on some vital bits of information. But so, so much of of, and it, and it just it just reminded me of of partnership. You know, the thing is. You know the the breaker upper and the breaky. You know, we sort of like, where where is this coming from? Like, why 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 why? You know, she was sort of saying, and and the sort of the other one gave gave lots of reasons why, which I could totally tell you because I heard every one of them. Um, <laughs> and then we were kind of like, oh, good emotional healthy re- response. The other one was sort of like, you know, I just feel really really taken off guard. I just need some time to process that. Um, and we'll have to come back to it. Oh, good, good, emotionally healthy response to that one. Anyway, it sort of just made me think of when we think about partnership and when, when we think about our invitation, you know, so often we, we, have, we go through our life and our partnership when we're being invited into it, where, where there are moments in time where we feel like just breaking it off, breaking it off with God, breaking it off. With um, with the business of the kingdom, hard times like the 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 words that were given today are so encouraging to hear them. You know, like N- don't give up. You know, God never gives up on on His business partnership with us and His kingdom. He does not fail. He does not stop. There is a there is a the business of this entire world in every part of it that needs to be put right. That is the business of the gospel. You know, I love that in the last few years, and, and one of the greatest things that I can say from from my my own learning and my own study is that the gospel is so much more than a prayer to be prayed so that you when you die, you go to heaven, wherever that is. You know, the gospel is so much more than that. The gospel is about the entire world. Everything we see, everything we don't see, All of it. Every person we ever lay our eyes on. The gospel is about each and every one of them. From the very top to the very bottom. From the right and to the left. All of creation being put right the way God had always intended it to be. That is the gospel. That is the good news of the gospel. That is why it is holy and right to, to care about our planet. That is why it's holy and right to, to look out for the broken, to care for the widow, to look out for the orphan, to, to embrace those that society pushes aside, to always love, to always care. That is partnering with the gospel All that, and I get nothing. This is as good as it gets, people. Like, like, yeah, there we go. It doesn't count if I have to beg for it. Come on. Goodness. Yeah, that's all right. I forgive you, I have no choice. That's the gospel. Yeah, that's it. But Paul... Paul, you know, very intentionally uses that that word, that kononia, because it is a partnership and there is work to be done. You know, the worst thing we could do in this term one is completely look at Philippians as an academic exercise. Oh, how tragic. You know, Paul will go on and we'll see it that, you know, what we do matters, how we live matters. And, and we can start with this invitation of partnership. How we partner, sh- partner with God, how we partner with his kingdom, with his gospel, with his grace, really does matter. It makes a difference. It makes a difference to us, but oh my goodness, it makes a difference to our community. You know, this community needs us to partner, to partner with his gospel, to partner with his grace. You know, that word that he, ch- he used, it, it was used because it has, has that practical kind of like everyone lend a hand, everyone has a place in this business, in this partnership. And it even has like a financial aspect to it. Remember that, that this is and it's not going to morph into a giving talk, a promise. But there is something about even our money. Again, at one level, Paul is writing this letter to thank the Philippian or the, yeah, the Philippian church because they've given him a gift, because he's in prison. And they need and he needed their gift, he needed their partnership to survive. I'm gonna, I'm gonna finish this morning with just a couple of questions, which is, you know, what does being a partner in the business of the gospel look like today for you but more than that i think we we've become so focused on on us and and me and the individual but what does being a partner in the business of the gospel look like for your household What does it look like to partner with God in the business of grace as Maharangi Vineyard? If you're visiting, put your own church family in there. What what does being a business partner in, in grace look like in your community, with your church? What does it look like with one another you know, again, I said last week, there's this whole sort of du- double sort of theme that runs through of, of holiness and of unity, and those things are, are never easy. None of the, neither of them are easy, but they become exponentially harder when we hold them together, and yet that's the very thing Paul is inviting us to do. Actually, more than an invitation, he's commanding us to do it. That as churches, as church families, we're to be people who hold holiness. Like what we do matters. How we treat one another matters. And, and yet we are to hold tight to unity. To not break that bond. To not have the Arewa restaurant breakup the minute someone says something or does something we don't agree with. The minute someone comes in who has a different worldview than us, and then that means we're out. That isn't the unity, that, that, that isn't the business of the kingdom, and it isn't the business of grace. It's not what Paul is, in, is commanding us to be like, to outwork, to do. What does it look like for us to be partners in the business of Grace. To be partners, to be cononia with Jesus, with Jesus in his coming, in the things that he said, in the way that he lived, in his suffering. What does it look like to partner with Jesus in suffering? now that would be a popular sermon wouldn't it but i feel like i feel like in our 21st century you know like it feels like we've grown in a really great way dissatisfied with a faith narrative that says come to jesus and your life will be great you won't feel pain. Everything will go well. Um, you'll be able to eat whatever you want and not get fat. You'll be able to drink whatever you want and, and never have a hangover the next morning. You'll be able to do whatever you want and, and all will be well. I feel like we've, in, we've sort of followed that narrative far enough to know that there's something wrong with that. That Jesus is not inviting us into a life of privilege and as in like, you know what I mean, of, of comfort, of everything working out, of everything being easy. Because he loves us too much. Can I say that there is something unbelievably special about encountering Jesus, of knowing Jesus, of partnering Jesus in the midst of hard times, of difficult times and of suffering that that when you experience it, when you know it, you wouldn't give it up for the world of comfort and ease. There is something about knowing God in hard times that is unlike any other knowing. So what does it look like to partner with the life transformation that God's grace and God's gospel brings into our world today? That's me in my 20 minutes. Why don't we stand?